Our resale residential real estate market is hot. We're seeing multiple offers. Houses are still selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking, but there's still a part of our market that isn't as hot. And a lot of us in the business are a little bit concerned. Hello everyone, I'm Desmond Brown and welcome to Sold in the Six. In this podcast, we're not just going to talk about real estate, we're going to share real stories, give you insight about what's going on in our market, and hopefully we can give you information that you've never heard before, stuff that sticks, that you can take away with you. In our debut episode, we spoke to a couple I worked with who went through the buying process during the COVID pandemic. After losing out on many houses in multiple offer situations, we finally found them one, and boy, are they ever happy. In this market, it's the sellers who are benefiting the most in the resale market. However, we can't say the same thing about the sellers of condos. To put it mildly, it's not a very good time to sell a condo in this city, and the COVID pandemic is the main reason. Today, I'm going to speak with my colleague, Ravi Singh, who leads a condo networking group at my company, Remax Hallmark, and who sells a lot of condos in the city. Hello, Ravi. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Des. So, Ravi, what are you seeing out there in the condo market? Yeah, so right now, Des, there's a lot of pressure downwards on price. Uh, we are seeing um, you know, the effects of the pandemic. We're seeing the fact that a lot of people who have craved living in the city mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the same um, criteria uh driving that demand right so for example if you lived in a smaller space but were closer to work you very much enjoyed the fact that you didn't have a long commute Mm -hmm. you also if you were living in in condos you were taking advantage very often of common elements like you know an outdoor indoor pool fitness facility amenities then also with condos it's a lifestyle that's very much based around urban walkability yeah so you have a lot of people who like the idea of restaurants cafes retail uh parks and recreation uh local attractions all being at your doorstop and you know unfortunately right now in the toronto uh sort of pandemic COVID 19 world you're not going to a raptors game you're not going to a leafs game you're sitting outdoors at a restaurant right now and uh, you're also not, um, you know, taking advantage of those amenities in in a condo. To add fuel to the fire, the other part of this is we've had a mass exodus of landlords. So, you know, some of the policy that's come out from the provincial government has been about protecting those that are tenants, and right, rightfully so. You know, whether or not it's the right way they went about it, uh, history will will prove that but you know there's a valid concern for tenants and in that tenants have unfortunately taken a bit of advantage of that so the negotiation on rents have you know caused a lot of landlords to be in a situation where their condos just don't make the same financial viability they used to exactly and let's talk about you know the rental market and the resale market and how they are connected now a couple of stats for us here 
In September 2019, there were 3,400 condos listed for sale in the Toronto Real Estate Board. In this September, we have 6,480 condos listed for sale. That's an increase of over 200%. With those number of condos flooded or flooding the market, we're obviously seeing, like you said, a downward trend in prices. But let's talk about the connection on how the investors like these people who are 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 owning the um owning the rental properties have actually contributed to the downward slide so a lot of people who buy condos Desmond they're looking at them as sort of buy and hold low maintenance uh uh landlord type properties and I, i've helped many people buy condos over the years because the thought is um you have a hard coded uh, maintenance uh, cost. Yeah, true. You're not going to be repairing the basement. You're not going to be dealing with uh, you know, the roof or, or the windows per se. You're going to just kind of pay your 400 or $500 or call it 60 cents a square foot and the, it's maintained. So you have this very sort of entry level uh, type of landlordship. Unfortunately, those are the types of landlords that when things get a little bit difficult, perhaps they aren't treating it the same way a large landlord would um, when you're treating a business. So I advise all my landlord condo owners to have 12 months reserve, meaning that if a condo is vacant or if a condo comes down in value, you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to sweat it, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, some of these folks, they're looking at you know, two months vacancy and they're saying, okay, time to sell. Yeah. They're, run, they're, they're running on shoestrings. Eh? Exactly. So, you know, this is a, this is a concern, right? When you have people who, like you said, running on shoestrings, they don't have the holding power. Now all of a sudden the increase in supply is there. And there's something, I think Warren Buffett has a great quote about, you know, when, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, or, you know, when other people are scared, that's when I prosper. You know, the folks who are following this herd mentality of sell before it's too late, well, guess what? A, prices have already come down, and B, you're contributing to the problem, and C, the problem will go be over at some point if you just hold on to your property, you've lost nothing. Yeah, so true. Now, let's take a look at, like you said, with these investors unloading the properties, there are a couple of ways of looking at this. Number one, we had a lot of these investors who were running the short-term rentals, the Airbnbs. And then when the short-term rentals were shut down because of the COVID pandemic, they started putting these properties on the market for monthly leases, flooding the market to the extent that we're seeing rents have come down approximately 14%. 15% compared to this time last year. So when we have that happening, and then we have condos that are coming on the market for sale, it all comes down to dollars and cents. So for instance, if an investor would get in with 20% down, do all of his numbers and have the condo carry through the rents, that's great. He, he would invest, but those numbers don't work anymore. And that's one of the problems that we're seeing. Isn't that correct? 100%. And for what it's worth, Desmond, before COVID, because of the equity return on condos, we had cash flow negative buyers looking to buy and actually run a small shortfall every year. Yeah. And there were some people who would say, listen, if I buy a condo and it costs me $600,000 and every month I run a shortfall of 200 bucks, 
but at the end of five years, it's worth $780,000. i am okay with the shortfall month to month. So we had you know, uh, a lot of buyers who were quote-unquote investors really uh, driving up demand just pre-COVID. So, you know, the numbers really, they didn't didn't make sense from a cash flow perspective for quite some time. And now, of course, even more so. When we have all of these, um, these pre-construction projects going on as well, how is that affecting the resale market? So the interesting thing about pre-construction is a lot of people who buy pre-construction condos are looking for a very passive means to in, uh, place deposits. Right? We can use the word to invest, but they're basically placing deposits, lending money if, in some respects to a developer so that with those deposits, the developer can uh, solidify construction financing to then build a condo. What's interesting is the pre-construction market has chugged along at a decent pace mm-hmm. since March 2020. And the reason being is supply on the pre-construction side is very much in the realm of the developer. So they can time things to sort of manage the amount of construction starts, to manage the amount of new pre-construction inventory available to purchase. And we have many launches that have now said, let's wait until 2021. For example, there's a fantastic company called Rad Marketing. And they have a project right in the core of the city uh, that has just phenomenal architecture. It's really just marquee property. And it's a Young Street address. And it was proposed to launch this year. Now, you know, we're talking well into 2021. Mm -hmm. We also have a launch that I was very intimately involved in called Galleria on the Park. And the first two buildings sold out. Now, to give you an illustration of demand, Galleria was really the bell of the ball. They had 10,000 worksheets submitted for about 400 homes. So really the demand was crazy. Yeah. Well, they came to Galleria on the Park 3 and they, you know, had virtual presentations. They had virtual signing. They lost the funnel capacity to create this funnel of demand. So they had planned to launch that. I believe in the summer, it launched last week. And right now this is being recorded in October. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things are being timed on the pre-construction side. The other thing is developers won't build homes if it's not economically viable. In fact, there's a clause in the pre-construction agreement called the economic viability clause. If the developer's cost, because the cost of land, the cost of construction, and the cost from the city in many different forms of you know, taxes and fees is $1,100. They're not then going to drop the price on the pre-construction on the, on the new condo to $1,100 or less, mm-hmm. regardless of the resale. They're just going to hold. Yeah. They're going to wait. I'm outside 33 Mill Street in the heart of the distillery district here in Toronto. This building is usually not easy to get into, but there are currently 10 condos for sale in here, and one of them has been on the market for eight months. Now, let's get back to the resale market. You know, we have our company Facebook page, and uh, somebody was asking about what's the best way to price a condo in this market. She was bringing out her own condo, and one of the agents commented on the page saying that 
he's had a condo listed down downtown actually since June. And that in his 15 years in this business, this has been the toughest listing he's ever had to sell. They just reduced it by 100,000 and he says he's still not getting the showings. What are you, do you have any condo listings or been through this, uh, the listing of a condo and sale of a condo lately? And what did you experience while you're doing it? So Desmond, that's a great question. And there's some real sort of in the trenches experience that I've had this past uh, season uh, in various sort of urban walkable communities. And, and one to highlight is I have clients who bought actually from a, probably a pal of yours, Pat Gillis from the paper yeah. office. We bought one of his, his listings just near the Danforth and they had mm-hmm. a, a condo in the beaches to sell. In addition to it being a condo in the beaches. It was a condo assignment in the beaches. So you uh, know, I know the one. I know the one. I saw you. I saw you bring it out at Woodbine and Queen. At Woodbine and Queen, two hundred yep. Woodbine, and you know, we, Woodbine, yep. we priced it right. We priced it in theory right, and it was hard. You know, uh, people don't necessarily want to go into condos if they don't have to, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, the interesting thing about it is, these folks had bought first and now had to sell. And the level of motivation, the level of urgency was there. And stress. And stress. Now yes, they, lots of stress. Now, they went a couple weeks with no showings. Mm-hmm. And they revised their price by 5%. So we were at approximately a million down to 950. And very stressed, right? Their closing was coming up. I said to them, I said, listen, give me a little bit of trust and a little bit of faith. We did the virtual open house. We did, you know, the the Zooms. We did the office Zooms. Uh, everything we could, Matterport. But people weren't coming until someone came. And guess what? We got the price they needed. We got the sale they needed. Yeah. Was it stressful? Yes. Was it offers in a week? No. Was it sold in 35 days? Yes. Did we get 105% asking? No. Did we get market value? Yes. Was it 97% asking? Yes. So really and truly... The Toronto condo market for the last at least at least 15 years with a couple blips here and there has been a seller's market. Yep. Right now we're in what we'll call a balanced buyer's market. Months of inventory, let's just say it's four to five. That's nothing to panic about, right? And as long as supply gets con- contained and people don't over jump the gun, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I guess it's it's up, it's up to us as agents to manage the expectations um, a little clearer right now and to let our clients know that, look, I know you've bought firm, if you have bought firm, um, but if you have a condo, it's going to take a little longer to sell. Like you say, we have like what, four months worth of inventory and it's going to take time to sell. So going back to your Woodbine property, you did well. Yes. You know, like you said, you got the price. However, there are situations out there where people have bought firm and when they bought firm, we had a certain price in mind that we could get for their condo. So you do all the numbers and the next thing you're finding out is that, oh my goodness, we're not going to be able to get you the amount of money that we thought we were going to be able to get you because we're just flooded with other listings, flooded with competition for your particular unit. So that conversation is really, really hard for us to have with people because they're basically going to be losing money and their carrying costs are going to be a little higher than they thought they were going to be when they first went out and bought firm. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, Des, um, I'm going to share another story. We had a condo at uh, the Regent Park Gentrification by Daniels. Mm -hmm. I was at 225 Sackville. And this is a great, great, great conversation because, you know, it, it illustrates the capacity to not be desperate. So my, this is my partner Justin's listing, 225 Sackville. We have it listed originally for $699. He says, Rav, the last one sold for $730. So let's list at $699 and let's, you know, get it gone. Mm -hmm. Well, $699, we're on the market for 45 days. Wow. Now the sellers say, okay, let's bring the price down and let's also list for lease. So we bring the price down to six eighty-five, and we at the same time list for lease. Mm -hmm. We get a lowball offer. Does the offer started in the five hundreds? Oh boy! Right. So needless to say, you go with that offer to the seller. You uh, explains to them. Now we work this buyer, and we get them all the way up to the low sixes to the you know six thirties. It's just not enough. Mm -hmm. You know, with the last one selling for $730, we are superior, and these guys wanting $630, we don't mind taking a hit, but that's just too much. So we let it die. Literally, within 24 hours, we get another agent through who ends up buying the place for $680. Wow. Lucky stars. So, <laughs> you know what? You hold. Yeah. You hold. Right? And right now, there's this tug of war, and it really depends on urgency and motivation. Yeah. So I, the best route for a condo seller to go is to, if they're thinking of buying a freehold, is to sell their condo first. In this market, it's sell the condo first. So you don't, so you know exactly how much money you have to go and buy that next property. And you know what? It's not a perfect science. And as much as we have data and insight this slope that we're on right now, and it's going to be for a while, is a lot steeper than I think people realize. So prices are coming down. Uh, and if you buy first, you're at the mercy of the market. Yeah, you sure are. So on the other side of this, this is a really good opportunity for people to invest in the condo market. 100%. And Des, I believe it's a short-term uh, opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be a small window, you think, eh? I think so. Why Why do you think that, though? Like, do, do you really think, you know, we, we're, we're about, um, they're saying, could, you know, six to seven months before we even have a vaccine, six to seven months before we see any type of semblance of normalcy. So there's basically a big difference, in my opinion, between Canada and a lot of other countries when it comes to their economic policies. So, like, when I was in school, they'd say, the government controls the economy through monetary policy, fiscal policy, right? Interest rates and exchange rates. Canada has this third policy called the immigration policy. And it's kind of interesting because if we need, if we need more people to spend money, if we need to increase our GDP, we just bring more people here, right? And if there's 300,000 people coming to Canada, half of them are coming to the greater Toronto Horseshoe Valley area. Yeah, it's correct. 150,000 new people plus emigration. You know, someone gets their degree from University of Windsor. They come to the capital hub of Toronto. Someone gets their, you know, qualifications in Calgary. They find a job in Toronto. So we have this emigration into the city too. And then lastly, you know, yes, population is the major driver. But lastly, 
Toronto is, uh, um, will be, and I, I, I think that we're just seeing a pause, will continue to be the most coveted place in many respects globally from cleanliness, from diversity, from uh, educated workforce, from crime rate, from culture, from uh, just uh, banking conservatism. I love this city. Where 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 were you, where, were you, where did you live? I live in Scarborough and Mississauga. Okay. Right. Okay. I love the city. Right. So I used to go to Parkdale on the on the subway. I don't I don't know if my parents would let me do that now if I was twelve, and I definitely <laughs> wouldn't let my kids do that. But I used to take the subway in. Right. And you know, then in my twenties, I grew up and I threw parties, and I was you know part of that whole Richmond Street nightclub era. And now we're seeing just more and more and more and more uh, of this city just becoming uh, a, a cultural hub. Do we have nightlife? Do we have restaurants? Do we have retail? Do we have parks? Do we have events? Do we have sporting attractions? We have nothing right now, but that's an artificial pause. That's not a permanent situation. So true. Yeah. Immigration, really, really good point. Because we, like you said, we're getting somewhere between 100, 150,000 to the GTA and to, to the, uh, the, the Golden Horseshoe area per year. They really help to drive our real estate here. That's what we found over the last number of years. And people from all over the world would be wondering, why is Toronto's real estate market doing this? And when I speak to them, I'd say, you know, immigration is one of our biggest assets for our, for our, um, for our market here in Toronto. We have huge demand and not enough supply. And we're still seeing a little bit of that right now with the lack of supply in some really good neighborhoods for residential resales, the freeholds. But like you said, our condo market is swamped right now with a lot of listings. And we talked about the investors. We talked about, you know, end users for condos. But look at what the investors are doing now. All of the incentives to rent out their condos. We're, we're, we're seeing stories about free rent being offered for a couple of months because like we had said, the rents are down by about 15% compared to this time last year. They're competing against a lot more units that are similar to theirs. We're hearing about cash incentives. We're hearing about free internet, stuff that we had not even heard of for years and years in the rental market. Yeah, so I think right now, uh, renting out a condo is not easy and it's getting harder every day as supply increases, but there's still people looking. Yeah. And you know, if, if you are a buyer out there who's looking for, uh, an investment property, like a condo to rent out, you have to be very careful because as you just said, Ravi, you know, it's difficult to rent it out. So I think if they're doing their numbers and we as agents have to help them guide them doing the numbers, shoot low. Shoot low with these numbers, the worst case scenarios, because they could close the deal and not have a tenant in there. Or the best case scenario is if you can you know, buy a property, assume the tenant that's... Uh, environment with increase in unemployment. We are definitely in uh, environment where employment. We are definitely in uh, environment where there's downwards pressure all over the place, including on rents. So, for example, I have a, a colleague, um, Hallmarker, up in Barrie, and he says to me, he's like, Rav, when do I pounce on this condo market in Toronto? I'd love to get my hands on a downtown condo. And I said to him, I said, listen, you pounce now. Just understand, though, 
When you close, you got to be able to sit for six to 12 months with under market rents or vacancy. And I said, when we buy, you're going to get a great deal. But if the rents are 2000 a month, I want you to get an even better deal by $24,000. What type of advice do you have for condo owners or agents who are going to be listing condos as we start to wrap up our segment today? If you're going to list a condo, and we actually talked about this today at the Condo Club, um, make sure that the condo comes to the market with the best online resources so that it's marketed well. And then understand that the market feeds from the bottom up, so you need to be priced better than anything else. And if you're pricing based on comps, recent sales, you're not pricing based on current market. Mm -hmm. The current market slope is worse than it has been. So if something sold for $699, you need to be in the $650 to get it done. One last thing to add to that, be patient. It's not going to sell overnight. We're looking at average sales for condos that are priced really well of anywhere between three weeks to six weeks for a sale. Absolutely. And you know, if you don't get showings for three weeks, that's okay. All you need is one buyer. Excellent, Ravi. Ravi, thank you so much for joining us on our second podcast here of Sold in the Six. And um, your insight into the condo market is just so helpful for me and for our listeners, I'm sure. My pleasure, Des. And you know what? I'm glad that we're connected. And you know what? Uh, Happy to help in any way. Great. Thanks very much, Ravi. Take care. Yeah, you too. So that's our latest episode of Sold in the Six. I want to thank my producers, podcast that pop. And for all of your real estate needs, of course, you can get in touch with me by emailing me at des at desmondbrown.ca or check out my website in the six realestate.com. That's six spelt with the number six IX, you know, the cool way. I'm Desmond Brown. Until next time.